You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron and Jake hanging out here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe. John Tabor doing a fine job. We're on the board back at the Sports Talk 97.7 headquarters in Ruston. And now join us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline over in Shreveport, Bossier area. Tim Brando from Fox Sports. How you doing this morning, Tim? I'm good, fellas. Aaron, Jake, good to be with both of you. Uh, we really enjoyed our visit with you last time. And, of course, we took a walk down memory lane, basically how you broke into the business. Uh, there over on uh, you know Bill Ripple Stadium on Forsyth with the Neville Tigers i got a lot of different things I want to pick your brain about, but I first want to go just in terms of your time at Northeast and some of your best memories you had at ULM. <laughs> well, let's just say uh, Brown Hall was uh, was a lot of fun. And um, I, uh, Dr. Vickers, who was head of the debate team, was tremendous to me. Um, the... Um, the, the fact that we had a uh, uh, an actual radio station was back in those days. Not not every college had one, and I was I was already working in local radio and television on weekends in Shreveport even at that time. And I think probably my best memory would have to be certainly the, the most influential memory is that um, in 1974, which was my senior year of high school. I came to the, at the time, NLU Speech and Debate Festival, and uh, it was the only speech tournament of its time that actually had a broadcasting category. And I came in 73 and in 74, and I won, the, I won first place in that category, and um, I was able to get a little scholarship money, which, by the way, at that time really meant a lot. And um, Dr. Parkerson was very nice to me, and it meant a great deal at that time for me to have a little scholarship money to come to to Northeast, and uh, we had it was just a fun place. Um, whether you were staying in Hudson Hall as I was, or you were over at Olin, which was a much larger facility, it was just a, it was a great time to be there. I wish I could have stayed throughout, but I will tell you that the time that I spent there was wonderful, and. Um, I just had so many job opportunities going at that particular time. The business was different back then, too. That's another thing. Everyone was trying to get work, you know, in our business because it was more about experience in those days than it was about sheepskin. And I was just, um, I had to miss a, a number of debate team and, and speech tournaments because I was working. You know, I had jobs, and these were, things, these were jobs that people wanted. Uh, at that time. So I was back and forth working probably on the weekends. I was on KWKH and K-Rock Radio for five hours each day, and I was doing local sports at KTAL-TV, which meant I was doing the Saturday night and Sunday night sportscast when I was 18, 19 years old, and then coming back, driving on Monday morning to take, I think it was 17 of my 18 hours. (laughs) Uh, on MWF, and I took a golf class on Tuesday and Thursday. So, and then at the same time, trying to be in a fraternity. It was uh, let's just say I didn't sleep a lot, but I had a hell of a lot of fun. It, but it's it's the thing that's great about it now is that um, I look back on it, and each one of those experiences and opportunities that came my way, and really the affinity that those those people had, the influences of uh, 
of the people involved at Northeast that were in charge at that time really meant a lot to me. It meant a lot that they saw uh, talent in me and, and understood uh, that I was sort of fast-tracking and maybe we're going to have, have some opportunities early in my, in my career, and, um, and they were all for me. So total support, and even since I left, I've had nothing but support from the people at the university. I know you're aware of the event taking place uh, Saturday with Doug Peterson coming back to ULM for the spring game, then, of course, the banquet. I know they reached out to you to be a part of it. You've got a scheduling conflict. But how does ULM yeah. kind of capitalize on this and, of course, uh, you know, shine the spotlight on Doug and the football program? Well, anytime the school reaches out, I'm going to try to make it. And I, and I really am heartbroken. I can't. But we've got a first cousin that's getting married. Um, uh, my wife's first cousin's getting married. I, can't, I cannot miss it because of they came to our, our daughter's weddings, and I've had two that have been married in the last four years and have since given me grandbabies, so I can't come. But I'd love to be there because Doug was at Calvary here in, in, in Shreveport, as you know, as a high school coach 10, 11 years ago. And uh, when David Toms and, and Hal Sutton had um, their charity event, I had a shootout in conjunction with it, and Doug actually played in my shootouts uh, when he was here. And I remember him as a player, certainly at, at Northeast, shortly after Stan Humphreys was there, and what he went on to do and his level of, of quarterbacking at the professional level, and then getting in touch with Andy Reid and becoming a part of that coaching tree, which I think has really helped him become so prepared, really, for the opportunity to, to win on the highest level of the biggest platform in football against a guy like Belichick. A lot of people were thinking that he might be overmatched just in terms of being a head coach opposite Bill Belichick. And we saw certainly something much different than that. He was bold. He never took his foot off the, off the pedal in terms of being aggressive. That, that game was won offensively, and, and he was the offensive mind that, that engineered all of that. But, and all of us that knew Doug well from his younger days, both as a player and as a coach, knew that he was prepared for that opportunity. And um, I think it's wonderful that the school is doing what they're doing for him at this stage. It's so quickly, and his wanting to be here, because time, for these coaches particularly, it's, it's like a golfer winning a major championship. Suddenly your life changes. Now everybody wants a piece of you. And the fact that Doug has made the time, has made the time to come back, and, um, and, and, and Northeast, the ULM, uh, is doing this for, for him at such an early stage. I think it's fantastic. I really do. And um, it shows to me, again, how much the leadership at ULM now, uh, under Nick Bruno as president, gets it, understands and gets how uh, athletics can, can only enhance academics and vice versa, that the two work in concert. Um, you've got to have that leadership now, and not all schools of that size do. So we're very fortunate to have uh, uh, President Bruno in, in command. And I, let me also say this. The new sports information director, John Lewandowski, who reached out to me uh, to be a part of it, um, has also reached out to me a few about a few other things in terms of uh, the imagery of ULM and how we need to uh, embrace the past. It's tough sometimes, and I know from uh, the school standpoint, it's about looking forward. That's that's the focus of of Nick Bruno is moving forward. But in moving forward, uh, you need to also embrace your past. And that past obviously is with a different. When when Doug was there, it was Northeast. When Stan was there, it was 
But we have to move forward as alumni, too. We have to think about moving forward. Uh, but in doing so, embracing that era and those that brought championships, whether it was Stan's Division One AA championship, that team that won it in 87, or what Doug has done now as a head coach of, of a Super Bowl team and as an alum from a period when, it, when the school had a different name, that's still something that's very important. It's vital uh, to have the, the, those, those two things need to come together. You know, I've, I've been covering college sports forever, and what Jay Wright, the head coach at Villanova, did to make them the program that they are, and they've become a blue blood, is he embraced Roley Massimino, you know? And that's what Keith Richard is doing in basketball. He's embraced the success, okay, of what Benny and Lenny did, you know, Lenny Fant in basketball. And I, that, that, that might have been the greatest uh, hire that's been made athletically, at, uh, at ULM in the last uh, decade was bringing Keith Richard back. Uh, because look what he's done. They were having APR problems. They, even this year, they had lost a lot of talent after a couple of great runs. They were supposed to be last in the league, and gosh, you got them into postseason play again, and they're going to be great next year. I mean great. So uh, a lot of things are moving in the right direction, but that, um, that combination of knowing your future but embracing your past so that the future can be brighter is something that um, I think is a must, and you can see that the leadership is doing that. John Lewandowski is one of the best sports information people I've ever dealt with. I worked with him for many, many years at great programs, including Michigan State, before he arrived in Monroe. You're certainly doing your part. I know it's an event you look forward to every year when the alumni over there in the Shreveport Bossier get together and uh, host a, a golf event. I know that's coming up here in a few weeks. Yeah, we've got it coming up. Um, Andy Snelling actually puts it all together. No one loves Northeast, Northeast past or ULM's present and future any more than Andy. I try to help as much. I bring it. I throw in some swag from Fox Sports to the winners, you know, in the different competitions. And we have, and no one leaves empty handed. Let me put it to you that way. And I believe this is our 11th, uh, I think this is our 11th year. And we funded somewhere in the neighborhood of five to six scholarships uh, since the inception of it. And I want to say we had maybe in the first year we had it at, at maybe four, we had 14 teams, and it's more than tripled, I think, the total number. But I think there may still be some openings. So if people want to put together uh, some teams and come over and play, we'd love to have you. A good time is had by all. Trust me when I tell you that. From Fox Sports, Tim Brando joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. All right, Timmy B, I got a couple questions for you. We're doing a top ten of uh, best broadcasters in the business, and certainly uh, you're an acclaimed broadcaster. Is there a guy when you're flipping around and he's doing a game that you stop and make sure that you listen? Well, you know we've lost a lot of great ones, um, and, and even this year, you know, with Keith Jackson and Dick Enberg, who were both mentors of mine. Kurt Gowdy was my greatest mentor. Uh, and um, we lost him several years ago. I think that, um, yeah, that, there's a lot of really good young talent. I, th- I tend to notice now at this stage of my life at, at 62, I, I tend to notice the younger guys that really impress me uh, that are really blazing a trail of their own and working hard and are really good at everything they do. I'm going to mention to you uh, a couple of young guys that I really like a lot. One works for us at Fox. Uh, Joe Davis, he also does Los Angeles Dodgers games on a regular basis. Joe, gosh, I think he's just turning 30, 
29, 30. When I got to ESPN in 1985, I was 29, and he's like 30. And he was um, he was he was doing double A games in Binghamton uh, and in, in Birmingham, I think, uh, uh, maybe five years ago. Really worked hard, paid his dues, got out there quick, went to a Division three school uh, up in uh, the state of Michigan. I think he may have been a D3 quarterback. Uh, he and Brady Quinn do games together during the fall for us at Fox, but he's, he replaced Ben Scully. Now think of the size of those shoes that you're talking about filling. The, the late Ben Scully, uh, of Dodger fame, is, is still with us, of course, um, but you think of Ben Scully as one of the great broadcasters, the great wordsmith of baseball, and even when he retired, people didn't want him to leave, and he did it until he was 90 years old almost, and then still in good health. I think a lot of people would really wish um, that he had stayed with the Dodgers. So you knew there would be a critical eye to a guy like Joe stepping into his position. And Joe has more than handled it with aplomb. I mean, he's he's been fantastic. I think he understands good judgment when calling a game better than anyone I've seen that's a young guy out there. And I know for me, when I was just starting out, that was the – that was the thing that we had to watch for. You know the games, you do your homework for the games, but is your judgment good? Knowing when to keep your mouth shut, knowing when to allow the picture to tell the story. Uh, and then the other young man, you may have seen him on the women's uh, NCAA uh, Final Four, Adam Amin. Uh, he, he's virtually everywhere for ESPN. He's doing, I think, some women's softball now, does some NBA radio for them. He works round the clock. Uh, and you can put him on just about every sport, and he sounds enthusiastic, energetic, uh, can't wait to get going. Um, and, and I think that he has great judgment, too. Um, his understanding of, of when to add something to the broadcast and when to peel back and edit himself is fantastic. Those are two really good, solid young guys that are out there. Uh, you know, I've sort of become, uh, along with Brad Nessler, I think, since Mike Patrick stepped away, Mike uh, retired this past year at age 73, I'm sort of like the new old guy. <laughs> you know, uh, guys like Brad, who's I think my age, I think I've got him by a couple of months. We're, we're at this stage of our lives, I still think of myself as a young gun. I mean, I'm out there, I still want to improve, I still have goals. Uh, but but now we're the new veteran guys. We're the we're the old guard at uh, at 62 because these guys stayed at it. Musburger, Keith Jackson, uh, all of them broadcasted well into their late 70s. Vern Lundquist was it, you know it was great to hear him in the booth. I know this watching the Masters since you mentioned where do I go and I stop and I go I gosh I got to listen to this. Part of the reason why Augusta National was so much fun for me to watch was because Uncle Vern was finally back at uh, 16, and he didn't work either football or basketball this year. So, uh, But those guys are now moving on, and uh, it's my generation that's becoming the, the, the new, I like to say, the new old generation of sports television. I just hope my, my tenure as a new old guy is for quite some time because I love what I do. Tim Brando, you get an opportunity to do a lot of great things for Fox Sports, but what do you miss more, your Saturdays at doing the SEC, of course, for CBS, or perhaps calling one or two tournament games? You know, neither. Um, mm. When I was doing the studio at the, the, the SEC on CBS Studio, I, I really wanted to be at the games. Mm. 
And even though I had a lot of fun at it, and it certainly helped my visibility, that 18-year run was a lot of fun, and certainly the SEC took off, had a lot of success. And I got to call, you know, about four weekends, they would let me out of the studio and let me go call games when we had doubleheaders. The tournament was great, and the years that I got to, to work both weekends, which only happened a couple of times with Al McGuire in the late 90s, that was fantastic. But when you're doing the tournament and it's just one weekend, you've got four games in one day and two games in another with eight teams, and five of those eight teams you really don't know that much about. So it's a lot of work, and it goes by so quickly. It's, um, it's like a blur. And then all of a sudden, you're out of it. If you're not one of the four teams working the second weekend, you're out of it. i tell you what I miss the most, uh, the online coverage that I got to do at Augusta National, at the Masters. That was, that was so much fun. Uh, and as someone that just loves golf uh, and has not done enough of it, in, at least in my opinion, uh, it was such a pleasure to have the opportunity to do the feature groups uh, for the online coverage, Masters.com, for four years. Started doing that in 2010 and did it for 14. And I had a blast. I mean, just loved it. And just being on the grounds for the par three, the best days really were the the practice round days on Tuesday and Wednesday because you were just out there with them. And then after I started working it and, you know, golf aficionados would go online and see me and they would go, God, I know you could do golf. I I really loved it. And, um, that's probably what I miss most about about being involved with, with CBS would be that. I know for Fox, um, getting to do games in the Big Ten uh, at places like Michigan and Ohio State, places I'd never done games, or the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, uh, or the Coliseum in Los Angeles, or Alston Stadium in uh, Oregon, that's been a blast for me. You know, these were places that I'd never visited. So uh, I'm having more fun now, and I think have been treated with um, – a level of respect from my employers that I never had before. Uh, so I'm really happy, happy where I am. And in terms of looking through the rearview mirror, what would I miss? More than anything, it would be probably be something that your viewers or your listeners wouldn't even remember or even possibly know that I did while I was with CBS, which was the online coverage of uh, the Masters at Augusta. Tim, before we let you go, I know you're a busy guy, but uh, as you crisscross the country calling games and calling uh, college basketball games, how much concern is there about the future of college basketballs, and most notably, of course, with the FBI investigation in Pearl? Well, it's interesting to me that um, a couple of these young ladies in basketball are now going to be a part of Dancing with the Stars. That was a story that may have gone a little bit under the radar this past week. I'm wondering now if this is not signaling a change of of uh, of view from from Mark Emmert and the NCAA about what you know amateurism really is today. That's the biggest problem. The NCAA needs to rewrite its rule book and and really step up into the 21st century because the the the, the players, uh, the student athletes, do have equity. Uh, not all, but some. And it's not as if the the, uh, the schools have to be uh, alarmed at the thought that they're going to have to give more than uh, full cost of tuition, which is what they're already giving. Um, that I think the the market should allow for these student athletes to get what the market share that they can get bears. And uh, the decision to have uh, the young lady from Notre Dame 
uh, be a part of Dancing with the Stars is, to me, a, a quick signal that maybe we see, we're about to see some change with regards to what the student-athlete can be allowed to do. Um, that's an opportunity in the off-season for her to go and make some money and build um, her brand and make herself maybe better for the WNBA. Well, athletes, uh, male or female, okay, should have a right. If someone wants this or that player to come to um, a, charitable, uh, a, a charitable event, but they're willing to pay that person uh, to come to that charitable event or to take care of their expenses while at the charity event, they should be allowed to do so. Uh, and, and the rules now, as they are written, don't always allow for that. Uh, that's something that I think really desperately needs to change. Uh, the other factor that's coming into play now uh, is the issue with regard to the, the, the one-and-done and where are we going to go with the NBA G League and the understanding that it is an NBA issue that college is being uh, ruined by. Uh, to get everyone involved in basketball, USA basketball, NCAA basketball, the NBA Players Association, and the NBA commissioner. Okay, I think Adam Silver wants to see change. Well, let's change it. If the kid is ready to go into the pros right away, let him. Uh, get rid of this one-and-done rule. Or say, if you want to come out in high school, come out in high school. But if you go to college, you're going to go there for a minimum of two years. So that when you're recruiting these players, to where they are one-and-dones, places like Kansas, Kentucky, Duke, and a few other places. This notion that they are really there to uh, go to school is just completely, I mean, forget about it. They're going for one semester, and that's it. I think everybody knows that, and it's, it's become a real credibility problem for all of college basketball. And it doesn't need to be. You know, we don't need to have this problem. It can be easily fixed. But the people in charge, Aaron, the people, whether it's Mark Emmert of the NCAA, Adam Silver of the NBA, the, the, the Players Association head, these people need to get together with the shoe companies that are involved, okay? Part of what's happening here at all of these places and this FBI investigation comes from where? Money and revenue that's coming from places like Adidas and Nike. they got to get together and figure this out, and, and the sooner the better. But it's not just an NCAA problem. It, it goes f far more reaching than that. I hate that the FBI had to get involved, but I'm glad that they did. Because if they hadn't, I don't know if the NCAA would have addressed the issue. Uh, I, I know Mark Emmert. I know him well. We've had conversations. I think he wants to do what's right. But to do what's right, he's got to get a lot of people together and together quickly. And I don't think just putting together a blue ribbon panel for basketball only is going to solve the problem. I think you've got to be a lot more vast and a lot more aggressive with the people that count than just that. Tim Brando, we could talk to you all day. We certainly appreciate your time. Maybe we'll see you on the golf course very soon. Thank you. Well, I hope so. I hope so. That's where you'll find me. If you don't find me there in the fall and winter, you'll find me at an airport near you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, bud. Have a great week. Take care, fellas. My pleasure. From Fox Sports, Tim Brandt. It's good stuff there. A lot of insight on the whole debate on whether or not players should be paid and how do you fix this college basketball problem. 888-993-7762. You can weigh in on the Stuart Shelby text slash hotline. The Morning Drive is back after this on Sports Talk 97.7. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price, for how many doors 
cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing, the king of the road, the king of the road car king. Hi, I'm Greg Tilly in Bossier City. You have got to see our huge inventory of single wise starting at $26,995. That includes delivery, setup, and central air up to 150 miles. Help us celebrate 40 years in business. That's at Greg Tilly's in Bossier City and Shreveport. Brad Parker and his wife Leah opened the Iron Cactus in Calhoun, Louisiana on July 12, 2010 and has made Iron Cactus into a -a one-of-a-kind restaurant and, in my opinion, the best Tex-Mex in the area. They now have a second location at 428 Desired Street in Monroe. Iron Cactus offers a family-friendly environment that's open for lunch and dinner and also has an array of platters for your catered events. Every time you visit Iron Cactus, you'll find a dedicated and grateful staff with a commitment to deliver the best Tex-Mex along with the fresh ideas that will make you want to come back again and again. They pride themselves in using fresh food to meet your expectations of a delicious dining experience and they look forward to serving you in a simple cantina setting. What's better than the Iron Cactus fajitas? Eating them with a margarita, obviously. They are so excited to announce they are now serving your favorite margaritas, wine, and ice-cold beer in downtown Monroe. 428 Desired Street, Monroe, and 1304 Highway 80 East in Calhoun. Now let's get back to the sports on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. All right, welcome back to the Morning Drive. Uh, Nick White, the voice of the Warhawks, will join us here in the next segment. Really short segment here, Jake. I know you scoured through some different headlines and things that caught your attention from over the weekend. Well, I just uh, had a couple things I wanted to mention. Uh, Peter King with Sports Illustrated, he tweeted a couple tweeted this morning and said, text from Steve Gleason. Now, Steve Gleason has been nominated for the um, Congressional Gold Medal, which is quite a uh, quite an achievement. Anyway, this text from Steve Gleason after being nominated, it's a little ridiculous. MLK, Mother Teresa, Wright Brothers, those are some giants of humanity. I'm not in the same ballpark, but look, I'm not going to turn it down. (laughs) So I thought that was so Steve Gleason to say that. awesome. Yeah, it's very awesome. Uh, Another thing is, and you're going to make fun of me, but I I get into the NFL draft a lot. You know I do. And I and this year's draft is going to be very intriguing. It's going to be must-watch TV. It is, and I always think it is. But yeah, certainly this year more than most. But anyway, I find the latest mock drafts every day, and I just try to compare what changed and what what are people hearing. And you so know, who do you respect the most when you're looking at these mock drafts? And there's a hundred of them out there. I, nobody. What's the oh, really? <laughs> nobody knows what's so going McShay on. So McShay or Kuiper, they don't go to the top of the list. No, I, I mean. I, I respect what they do, but nobody knows. It never goes as planned, and that's why. But I still find myself reading it and still find myself, like, just I got to see what's what they're saying. I don't know. It's it's weird. It's like I know that it's not going to work out that way, but I'm still curious enough to All see. All right, so this is what we need to do because it's next week, right? Yes, next week. So, I mean, you, you're taking in all these different sources and all these different mock drafts. Then we need to come up with a Jake Martin. A Jake uh, Martin mock yeah, draft yeah. that will be just as wrong as theirs? Yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, and I, then we could hold, hold you accountable, and then you could throw out things like my sources say, <laughs> like yeah. you got any sources my in the sources, NFL? Yeah, uh, 
my sources will be the internet. Yeah, and you can come across as this pompous guy that's like, you know, now if they don't do this, that's a huge mistake. Oh, that sounds like a great segment. Yeah. Like if a, you sell it, I sounds think it like would a winner two minute. I uh, think, yeah, well, if you yeah. sell it, I think it could be pretty good. Okay, well, we'll work on that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I brought all this up to say the latest mock draft from NFL.com uh, has only three quarterbacks being taken in the five first picks. Now, I say this only three because the more recent ones have been saying four, and I even had that debate with you. Maybe we get five if somebody wants to trade up and, and take Baker, and then the, the fifth team is left with Lamar. Anyway, uh, they have Josh Allen, number one, Bradley Chubb, number two, Sam Darnold with the Jets at three, then Saquon Barkley at four. Oh with the Browns and Josh Rosen at five with the Denver Broncos. So Josh Rosen falling to five shocked me. Like, I just don't see him going past three. I just don't. But anyway, that was interesting because a lot of people thought that Josh Rosen to New York was a really good fit. Yeah. Anyway, I'll continue to give you these mock draft things that mean nothing. No, I want to hear yours. I could care less about these. Others. Okay, well, I'll come up with mine. We'll, we'll do a segment later this By week. By the way, over the weekend, did you watch the Shaquem uh, Griffin uh, feature that Tom Rinaldi had? No, I bet it was good, oh, though. Good. Knowing Tom Rinaldi. Oh, yeah. And knowing the storyline? Sure. Oh, really good. Yeah. yeah. I hate I missed that. I'm sure they'll show it a time or two over the course of the next two weeks. Hey, and by the way. You know we love those 30 for 30s. We talk about them all the time. I was excited about Bob, Bobby Knight's uh, one of the last days of night. We're not going to get to watch it. They're putting it on that streaming service. You have to pay $5 to watch it. Fork over the cash. I'm not right? paying $5 to watch that thing. Uh, I'm a little upset about it. 888-993-7762. Coming up after the break, the voice of the Warhawks, Nick White, joins us. He'll weigh in on ULM Athletics, a big event course coming up with Doug Peterson. Also, I'm sure we'll get his take on the situation with Des Bryant. <laughs> the Morning Drive is back after this. Whether you have a sports or an orthopedic injury, nagging low back or neck pain, work-related injury, or even vertigo, get the care and treatment you need at Legacy Outpatient Therapy Services. LOTS has been a reliable health care provider for Ruston and the surrounding communities for over 15 years. Give Chase Patterson and his team of skilled therapists a call at 318-255-9601 or visit our website at LegacyRehab.net. LOTS, official partner of Louisiana Tech Athletics and your home for trusted therapy solutions. Powered by Legacy Rehabilitation. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price, for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing, the king of the road, the king of the road car king. If your business depends on technology, then you can depend on NetTech. We offer remote desktop and service management, cloud-based document access, email services, IP phone services, fiber internet, and data security products. With locations in Monroe and in Ruston, our friendly technicians and help desk staff are ready to solve all your IT problems. Let NetTech be your IT department. Visit nettech.net or call 866-668-0001 today. 
You take pride in your lawn. That's why you cut the grass yourself. Here's Richie McKinney. A big yard calls for a tough mower. The Hustler Fast Track is engineered with commercial features for the homeowner. Right now, get your Hustler Fast Track with a powerful 23-horse Kohler engine and 48-inch welded steel deck at our lowest price ever, just $49.99. That's over $1,800 in savings. Plus, qualified buyers can finance at 0% for 42 months. Come see our full line of Hustler mowers today at your outdoor superstore McKinney's in Ruston, Model 936054. Local Sports Talk is on the air on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. Welcome back to the morning drive. Aaron and Jake hanging out here in the Caldwell Banker Group Run Realty Studio in West Monroe. We always love catching up with the voice of the Warhawks, Nick White, on Monday mornings around 8.30. Nicholas, how are you doing this morning, bud? Uh, good morning, gentlemen. How are you guys? Fantastic. We're a couple of different uh, ways we want to go with this interview, and let's start with this. Oh, uh, cause, uh, all right. Knowing, all right. knowing that you are a huge Dallas Cowboys fan, and the news, of course, uh, breaking on Friday, that the Cowboys finally parted ways with Des Bryant. What would you think? About time? Yes. <clears throat> and and if you had any doubts, then all you had to do was watch the interview on Friday and then you were confirmed with a decision. Um, what, what happened, you know, what happened to personal accountability in, in, in today's society? Is, is there, is that, is that going out the window? Well, when you're a professional uh, athlete, yes. Uh, apparently so. Um, now I understand he, he was willing to take a pay cut and apparently that, that wasn't offered, but, um, you know, it's business and it, it's a, it's a production oriented business and correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't, didn't Jordy Nelson, didn't he get cut a couple weeks ago from the Packers? Mm-hmm. I didn't see him going with uh, I know that we know that he knows that I know that they got me, you know, whatever. Come on, man. You got yourself cut. Okay. <laughs> you, you got yourself cut. Um, this, this is a compounding of issues. Okay. And the biggest part of it is a lot of drops, lack of production. You saw the stat that he had the highest stat of a cost per catch last year in the NFL. Um, the sideline antics, you know, those probably don't help. And and look, you're going to sit here and say, I know that I know that you know they're wearing the C on there. Well, then call the guys out. Don't be a you-know-what, okay? <laughs> say, say it. Okay, who are the guys that wear the C? All right, well, we're, we're pretty smart enough to figure it out. Dak Prescott wears the C. Jason Witten wears the C. Tyrone Crawford wears the C. Sean Lee wears the C. And Dan Bailey wears the C. So it's five guys, right? Mm-hmm. So is it all five of those guys? Is it one of those guys? Who is it? You know, I mean, just call them. If, if you're going to say that, then just say all five of those guys, say them by name, or say who you suspect it is. But, I mean, come on. It's just, it was a move that needed to happen. And, and by the way, whoever his agent is, um, not a very good agent. I mean, you're going to sit here, I mean, hello, um, Hadn't been signed yet, 
and you see reports now that that interview really didn't help him a whole lot. Yeah. Um, I mean, come on, that's not that's not very smart. This is a business. This is the NFL. Now he'll get picked up by a team. Uh, I'm not saying he won't, but um, you got to be smarter than this. And you know, Des Bryant, you can you can blame you know the, the guys with the C or Garrett's guys or Jason Garrett or whatever coaches. I mean, those guys, those coaches. Here's the bottom line. They understand they had to make this move because guess what? They don't produce this year. They're going to get fired. Okay. They're going to be the ones out, out of the job this year too. So uh, they've got a window of opportunity that they've got two guys, two quote superstars, one definite superstar in Ezekiel Elliott, one, you know, potential with, with Dak Prescott, who by the way, gets, gets piled on this year. They, they still won nine games last year. I'm on the brink of making the playoffs and, his numbers weren't very far off from last year's numbers and did not have a superstar running back for, for six games, and the offense line was not at the same production. So I kind of think that, that Dak's getting a little bit of an unfair uh, shake here as far as a quarterback goes for the Cowboys. But uh, we'll, we'll see how he produces this year. But, um, you know, they don't produce this year. Um, you know, Garrett and his guys, his coaching staff, they'll get fired. And, They'll have to regroup, but they, they've got to strike while they've got these contracts. I mean, uh, they got a young defense. They're going to add some more pieces. By the way, Orlando Skandrick, one of the veterans on their defense, he's gone. Um, you know, you did, you, he said a few things on the way out the door, but, I mean, you, you know what? I hope he goes to the Redskins. That's that's where all free agents go to die. I mean, good. Go go to the Redskins. I hope that happens. They, they love to overpay, overhype players. So, uh, you know, Dan Snyder's notorious for that. So uh, have fun with the Redskins if that's where you end up going. But, I mean, I appreciate what he did for them and, and all that, but it's a results-oriented business, and you're, you're being paid like a number one and you produce like a number three or a number four. And um, bottom line is uh, you didn't help yourself on the way out the door, and uh, he'll get a job, but uh, – he certainly won't be making the uh, the amount of money that, that he had the potential to, probably even with the pay cut that uh, he had the potential to make. So right, I just Nick, think uh, it's, we'll just... I just I just I just think it's really weak. I mean, you gonna you're gonna say the guys with the seat, then call them out and say their names. I mean, come on, you know, be be a be a quote. I guess in 2018 we could say this: be a man about it and say who it was that you feel like said this or went and conspired against you. All right, Nick, I tried to read the quote a couple times this morning. You tried there to, to kind of paraphrase his quote. Well, Nick, uh, well, Tabor has it. I want to terrible he's... English, too. Well, here you go. Well, we're going to play it for you, uh, for everybody. Here's Des Bryant on uh, you know, I know, they know who the guys are. All right, obviously it's not played. Uh, Nick, as, as we move forward, we'll You're to bash that. anybody, that's but... Way, um, that's the way I feel about it. You no. Know, I mean. uh, Nick, uh, you talk about ULM, of course. Uh, we'll get to the big event coming up this week with uh, Doug Peterson. But a uh, tough weekend up in Little Rock for the baseball squad. Get swept up there, and uh, two of the games were very... Uh, uh, they were squeakers. They were nail biters. Overall, I, I guess it was just uh, not getting the key hit in key spots. Uh, well, not just that, eight errors in the three ball games. And, and then, 
Um, and, and look, you know the, the score was seven four in game one, but it was a, it was a one run ball game going to the bottom of the ninth, and they got a three run home run, and, and the Warhawks scratched a run, um, scratched a run across uh, there in, in the top of the ninth inning there um, to make it seven to four. So, I mean, there, it was right there um, for the taking, and, and that's kind of how their series have been uh, all season long, but. Um, I mean, it was just too many. You know, there were eight errors that, that go into the scorebook, but then uh, you got to look at. Um, you know, there were there were base running mistakes. Um, there was a pop up uh, that landed 15 feet in front of the plate that nobody caught to turn into a double, and then you know, a byproduct of that, nobody was at third third base. So then he took third base because nobody was covering there. Uh, you know, they they struck on runs. Uh, Little Rock will give them credit. They were opportunistic. Um, you know, one one instance, uh, they 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 scored many innings in that series uh, where they scored without getting a hit. Uh, one example, Coker, their number two hitter, uh, drew a walk, swiped second, swiped third, scored on a pass ball. I mean, you know, manufacturing runs, finding ways, and then you know, uh, you had a pitcher who. Um, in game two, ended up, you know, unfortunately uh, having having the John John Lester yips and, and uh, couldn't, couldn't throw the ball to first base, and that was accounted for for three of the errors uh, in game two. So I mean, it was just uh, it was a very frustrating weekend for Coach Fed. I know um, he was not a happy camper uh, this weekend, but uh, you know, credit Little Rock, they've obviously uh, very very much improved. They're leading the Western Division now at the halfway point. And uh, they've got a, a tough series coming up uh, down in Lafayette, uh, upcoming. But, um, you know, now uh, you keep trying at the halfway point. Uh, you really need to try to get that win to even, you know, almost even it up at 7 and 8. But uh, the positive is uh, you come back home, you got three of your last five series at home, starting with Appalachian State uh, this weekend. And, um, you know, they're 1-14 they're in the league, so... Um, not to put any pressure on them, but, but I think they understand how big this weekend is. You know, you, you got to go and handle your business against an App State team that's one and fourteen in the league. And I, th- I think Coach Fed and his team they, they understand and know that. And um, so that that's kind of the focus. And, and then obviously you look you don't want to look too far ahead. Next weekend uh, you got to go out to, to Conway, South Carolina, and take on Coastal Carolina. So uh, probably don't want to look too far ahead. You probably need to focus on App State and. Uh, you try to fix those mistakes, those errors uh, that were there, and uh, those problems. Coming up with a timely hit was a problem. They left the bases loaded in the series three times. They left runners at second and third on three different occasions uh, in that series. So, uh, you know, th- those are the things that they need to come up with and probably work on as well. Uh, but but they'll try to get right tomorrow night at Grambling, and then uh, you'll get set with App State coming in, uh, which is a big weekend uh, for athletics on the campus of ULM. All right, uh, that schedule, everything taking place on campus and how cool it's going to be with uh, Doug Peterson, of course, speaking to the Warhawk faithful come Saturday night. Yeah, it should be a good event. As I understand, uh, you know, there's a a good response to it, but certainly, uh, uh, you know, more needed and and more people can come to be a part of this. Uh, You know, Saturday, uh, let me just go through as, as I understand the, the, the events, and, and hopefully the weather is going to be good. I haven't looked that far ahead yet, but I think uh, I think everything should be nice. But the, you know, tailgating going on in the Grove, 
Uh, baseball has moved up to 1 o'clock on Saturday. Uh, spring game at 5. I, I would assume it's going to be a very short spring game, uh, seeing as how the, the event uh, for the VIPs is going to get underway at around uh, 6 o'clock uh, there with, with an evening with Doug Peterson. And then um, uh, that's $250 for, for VIP access, and that will involve a meet-and-greet photo session uh, in, a, in a special area uh, there with, with Doug and and specialized tables there as well. A table, VIP tables available for $2,500. Uh, then you have uh, normal uh, table seating, $100 per person or $1,000 uh, for a table there for that. And that obviously you know, gets you on the arena floor. They're also selling uh, general admission uh, tickets. That'll be in just the, the general seating and fan viewing. No food or drink provided with that, but that's for $25. Uh, there'll be a, an interaction uh, session with Doug Peterson, and fans will have the opportunity to submit some questions uh, to the MC, and, and you know, might get your question asked. Who knows? But uh, should be a good day, and uh, a lot going on there. And uh, I think it's it's good for for them to reach back out and you know strike while the iron is hot, and uh, you know probably helps that that he's got a son playing on the team, so he's probably going to come in anyway and limited opportunity to see his son play a little ball, so. Uh, while he's in, see if he'll, he'll uh, be able to come and help out. And then, uh, who knows, Doug might just, uh, you know, be ready for the draft. Maybe you get a few draft nuggets as well out of him with the draft the next weekend. But uh, should be a good weekend, a lot going on. Hopefully the weather cooperates uh, with baseball, spring football, and an evening with Doug Peterson on Saturday night. As always, appreciate the time, Nick. Get some rest. Thank you, gentlemen. Appreciate it. Nick White, the voice of the ULMR. So let's take a timeout. Coming up next, our parting shots. One more opportunity for you to weigh in at 888-993-7762. The all-new Yard Power of Monroe, Northeast Louisiana's only Cub Cadet dealer. Your Cub Cadet Superstore is holding a big open house this Saturday where you can save 15% on all Cub Cadet Pro Z mowers. That could mean up to $1,800 in savings. Big discounts on a great selection, even red tag special deals on closeout inventory. So remember YP, Yard Power. On Highway 165 in Monroe, just one mile north of Century Lane. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price, for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing, the king of the road, the king of the road, car king. Get your craw daddies now at Randall's Fine Meats. Randall's Fine Meats has your craw daddies ready to go every day. Low prices for live or boiled. Ask about their 5 and 10 pound specials on some of the best crawfish around. Plus, Randall's will even cater your next event. Just give them a call, 343-0382, and book in advance. Randall's also has your specialty stuffed meats. And you have to try his fried cracklings. At Randall's, like them on Facebook or just stop on by. Randall's Fine Meats, 4205 Old Sterlington Road, Monroe. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, 
Do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. Good morning. Here's latest weather conditions for our area. Plenty of sunshine with warmer temperatures in the forecast for today with high 68 degrees. Clear skies and a big cool tonight on low 49. Sunny skies on tap for tomorrow with high 79 degrees. Grab another cup of coffee and keep tuned to The Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. Welcome back to the show. All right, let's get to our parting shots on this Monday morning. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, Minnesota! Well, I'm going to tell you what, Channel 8, they've been packed it in, too. They didn't get any of this on camera. We got it. Oh, my God. Davis is going to oh run it all the way back. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. my God. Oh, my gosh, no. I have lost my voice in excitement. I'm sick. I want to throw up. I always love Mondays. There's always plenty to discuss and breaking down what we witnessed on over the weekend. And uh, there was a lot of different storylines. And I think we start with the thing that was most memorable as you try to make a checklist and you go from top to bottom. Uh, yeah, you really have to start with the Pels and that win on the road. And the way that they did it uh, certainly made uh, New Orleans fans sweat it out. 14-point lead. You think they're going to coast to an easy victory. And then it gets a little dicey down the stretch. But ultimately, they win that ball game. Thankfully, because if they would have lost that, then you would have thought, what's this mean for the rest of the series? Now, the fact that they're up one nothing and they steal one on the road and they get another opportunity tomorrow uh, bodes well for this team. Yeah, sort of similar to, uh, remember the Warriors game they led by a bunch in the last postseason? Uh, I think it was game three. They were at home, and they were up by like 20. And then Steph goes off, and they surrender that lead and lose that game and ultimately got swept. Could have had kind of similar situation here because you you're up on the team and then you 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 know you lose that lead and that hurts your confidence. But to be able, to, I I take more positive away from it the fact that they did you know kind of give up that lead and still were able to pull off the victory because that gives you confidence. And listen, you got playoff Rondo, a guy with a ton of experience, and he's he can be a leader in this postseason with all of that experience that he had in Boston. Watched a lot of behind-the-scenes kind of footage off of uh, Twitter and others that were in the tunnel after the game, and he could just see it on the reaction of the players and Elvin Gentry. I haven't really seen him that excited in a long, long time. I think they realized the magnitude of that game. Now can they build upon it? And, of course, they steal another one on the road. Woo! Oh, yeah. it's You know, I you asked me what the percentage was that they would win the series. I said 65. If they win – you know, game two, which I don't expect them to do. But if they do, it goes up to 80. Mm-hmm. It goes up to 80 for me. But, uh, yeah, I think if you look at, you know, this series and you look at this team, I just love the chemistry that they have. And, you know, somebody texted in and said the defensive chemistry between, uh, you know, Rondo, Drew Holiday, and, and Davis is, is just on point, and I can't agree more. I mean, that's – Drew Holiday is just one of the best two-way players in the league. I think I even heard Alvin Gentry making the argument for him again last night or two nights ago. So, yeah, he, he has really produced on the defensive end. And, of course, you know, we know what Davis can do. And uh, Rondo was great. And Meritich was great. And the supporting cast was great. So, if you can have that again. Now, listen, don't – it's a little bit of fool's gold in there, too, because McCollum and Damian Lillard were, were very, very much not their usual selves. They're not going to shoot like that again. They're not going to shoot like that again. So, a little bit of fool's gold. But – Still, you, you know, you got the home court advantage now. Even if you don't win Tuesday, you can come back home with a 1-1 series tie. 
and uh, I, I still like the chances. I think a lot of t- times uh, fans forget about the importance of just winning a conference series and the fact that uh, Louisiana Tech had stormed out this year winning, what, uh, four conference series yeah. in a row. And then they drop a doubleheader on Saturday, and you think in a rut row. They got an opportunity to get swept at home against the league's best hitting team in Charlotte. But Tech does rally, of course, to win game three of that series. So uh, that makes them now 10-5 and five in league play, still sitting uh, pretty well in conference play. With that said, then you look at LSU. They win the first two games. They got an opportunity to go for the sweep. It wasn't looking good. They're down uh, in the ninth inning. It looked like there was probably, what, 100 or 200 fans left inside the box. Maybe. Uh, dreadful weather down there. And then the way that they come back and win it in dramatic fashion with the home run, and you see the celebration at home plate. Yeah. Pretty good stuff. Very good stuff. I'll start first with Tech. You know, giving up 21 runs this weekend, it makes you think, is it time to move Leal? Is it time to move him to the weekend? I think it's a question worth bringing up. Uh, But you're right. We do kind of take those conference wins for granted, uh, especially with the way Louisiana Tech has played this year. But uh, I think the big thing was not getting swept. You know, that was the big thing because we're continuing to look at RPI. We're continuing to look at the postseason. Not getting swept was a big deal. Now, LSU's case, uh, they tried the Johnny Holstaff situation. We, we sat here and we tried to think who's going to be the starter on Sunday. We couldn't come up with an answer. They go with Johnny Holstaff. It doesn't really work. They give up seven runs, but they were able to rally in that ninth inning and get that big home run from Daniel Cabrera uh, to, win, to, to walk it off. So, yeah, big, big week for LSU. Got four wins last week. Uh, and, you know, we, we talked about Tennessee as a team that is one of the weaker teams in the conference, still a really good team. So it's still really big to get that uh, series sweep. Yeah, it went into the weekend with uh, 21 wins on the year. Uh, ULM, tough weekend in Little Rock as they get swept. And you want to mark a game down on the calendar for tomorrow. Uh, Grambling's been looking forward to this one for a while, and we'll try to get James Cooper on the show tomorrow as they welcome in ULM. It's going to be fun. going to be fun. And ULM, got to get some momentum back. Uh, then, of course, uh, spring football out over at Louisiana Tech. Everybody looking forward to seeing uh, Jay Marr in this offense. And obviously not the numbers and the performance that Tech fans had hoped from their upcoming junior star. Yeah, he was high on some throws. And, you know, there were some drops as well. But uh, I think a lot of people came away from that looking at Elijah Walker. I know he only had five passes because he had a little injury. But uh, four or five and was completing the – the money plays, the, the big plays down the field. And, look, he was going up against the stars uh, on the defense in the, in the backfield, defensive backfield. So it wasn't like he was doing this against the third team. You know, guys like Amik Robertson were out there when he was making these plays. So I thought that was a very good sign. And, listen, it's a spring game. I don't know how much you want to, you know, read into it. It's just hard because it is your one opportunity to see it is excited. And, of course, I'm sure they put a lot of pressure on him. But when you go out and you put up your uh, – I'm finding it. 13 of 34. Yeah. 13 of 34, 113 13 yards. yards. Yeah. Longest pass play, uh, 14 yards for Jamar Smith. Yeah, but that's that's the, the, the tough thing about it is you're right. It is your only chance to get to see these players, and it's the only chance we'll get to see them until September or, or August. So that that's what's tough is, is that's your only visual uh, evidence to go off of. But it's still, it's just one game, and it's the spring game. I don't know if you can take too much away from it and come up with these big-time hot takes from a spring game. Uh, Loyal Narcisse in a spring scrimmage down at LSU with stats, of course, coming from uh, Ed Orgeron, 7 of 10 with a couple drops in there. 
Uh, their spring game is coming up this Saturday too, correct? Yes, and yeah. ULM, yes. Yeah. So uh, we'll have that discuss all week and, of course, break it down for you next week. Those are the major headlines from the weekend. I hope we got you caught up. Certainly appreciate Ben Carlisle for coming on, Tim Brando, and Nick White. Coming up tomorrow, Lane Burroughs will join us for his weekly visit before they hop on a bus to Lafayette to square off against those dirty Cajuns. Plus, Gus will have plenty to say about the Pels in the game two versus the Trailblazers. And we'll have some uh, softball talk. Some softball talk, finally. Mm. We'll have uh, some playoff softball to discuss. Jake is expecting to work for an hour and 12 minutes tonight there for Washita, the number one seed at home tonight. That's right. Hour and 12 minutes. That's Put the it, over and under? Book it, yeah. All right. I'm going Game under. starts at 5.30. You'll be walking out of there by 6.43. I'll be walking out, yeah, before 6.45, yes. Pressure's on. Tim Whitman may be long-winded in that post-game press conference. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody have a fantastic day. We'll yell at you bright and early tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. See ya. Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.